Okay, here we are. All right, episode 10. 10. I did not screw that up. <laughs> yeah, they were out of order on the other Yeah, I said episode 9, I was very adamant about it, and then... Um, it wasn't. It yeah, was. that's good though. I admire that about you. That when, even when you're wrong, you're very you're so sure. <laughs> emphatic. You, you're yeah, emphatic. Yeah, I was emphatic about it. So this is episode ten of that record got me high. That's Rob Elba. That's Barry Stock. We have a special guest this week to discuss the Crossing by Big Country. We have uh, from the good old days in Tallahassee, Florida, uh, drummer uh, Woody Compton from. In the band Insect Fear, you were also in Frankenfinger, Skull Train, The Turns, uh, <laughs> Jefferson Shark Meat, and the Space Ghost Ensemble. That's oh, right. Nice. Yeah. Um, one-time band, but fun. Um, and I'm flattered to have been asked. I'm a big fan of the podcast. Awesome. Awesome. Welcome. And Woody, you picked out, or we had talked about Big Country, and you said how much you liked the record, mm-hmm. and that's how you ended up. Here with us today. Yeah, and this is not my favorite big country record. And it's interesting on your podcast. It's not? No, no. <laughs> it's not the only one. Um, but this, it's, this is going to be fun. Yeah, right. Well, but, it, but it's interesting often because you pick a record and then, you know, you'll have something like, well, I don't think this is their best record, but right. we picked this one. Like the same discussion with Husker Du. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. Like I, yeah. I far prefer New Day Rising. To, to right. flip your wig. Well, I bet that should come up. No, but, yeah. but me too. But but yeah. you also think about what would be the best record to go over and, and to uh, It doesn't mean too. I didn't enjoy the discussion anymore, but it's interesting because right. it's often hard to pick a record by a band. Oh, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Especially if it's a band you really like. But what what is your favorite big country record? Steel Town. It's a five-star album. Every really? song's great. Every song's wow. great. So you're, um, a fan, you're a real big country fan. I'm a big country fan. fan. They also, and I don't want to throw this out, they did the soundtrack to a movie called Restless Natives. A Scottish film about two guys that were holding up tourists. Scott, Scottish? Are they? They're are Scottish. They Scottish? <laughs> um, and it's called Restless Natives. They did the soundtrack to that movie, and it's probably the best thing they ever did. Wow! It's mostly instrumental, but it's fantastic. I did not. Uh, yeah, see, that makes sense to me because the instrumental. Because I feel like, yeah, as an instrumental band, yeah. these guys are unbelievable. They're yeah. like lights out great, and I really enjoy listening to it. Where they kind of falter, yeah. I feel, is, and not so much the singing, but just the... Lyrics? The, just the lyrical content, and the whole... The, the thing is, I was telling Barry, I'd go, we have to leave our cynicism at the door for this <laughs> Yeah. Because this, this, they're so earnest. They're such an earnest band. And not to take... And that doesn't really take away from them, but in a way, I don't know. I don't know. It's just... When, when bands are that heartfelt and earnest. <laughs> well, did, you know, I didn't examine, I didn't go back and look at big country lyrics um, that were from other records, from mm-hmm. later records. Oh, they're similar. They're similar? They're similar, right, right. They're yeah. very obtuse and hard to understand. They have phrases, and I'm like, what are they talking about? I'd consider you too another very earnest band. Right. Yeah, I usually exactly. know what they're talking about. Yeah. Right, I don't right. know what these guys are talking about a lot of the time. That's why I'm looking for the, the Barry Stock oh, lyrical oh, okay. analysis. All right, okay. Well, good luck with that. Pardon me, I just ate a brownie. So. All right, so they're a Scottish, obviously Scottish band mm-hmm. uh, formed in uh, a Dunfermline. Is that how you pronounce that? You got me. Uh, Dunfermline Fife. Mm-hmm. In uh, well, Scottish people, uh, go ahead and feel free. <laughs> yeah. Dunfermline. No, I think that's it. Fife in uh, 1981. Yeah, so it's uh, Stuart Ad- Adamson. Uh, Bruce Watson was the other guitar player. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tony Butler, the bass player. Mark, how do you pronounce it? Brzezeki. Brzezeki. And the drummer. Great yeah. drummer. Fantastic Such drummer. A good drummer. And, 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 hugely influential on my playing. At that time, I remember when Big Country came out, I recognized uh, Tony Butler and the Mark guy from Pete Townsend. Had, uh, they played on uh, yeah. it Empty. No, it was Empty. All Kaiwas Have Chinese yeah. Eyes. So MTV yeah. played that song, Let My Love Open the Door, like constantly. That and song was Slit Skirts was another one they played yes. that they and, played on. And so when Big Country came out, I said, That's no, those guys. That's, uh, the yep. guys from. Uh, well, they also played with uh, Pretenders. Um, yes, right, right. Later. They were a rhythm for hire. They were kind of right. a rhythm section. He played, yeah, the Mark guy, uh, the drummer played with um, the cult. On yes. The, the, she sells Sanctuary. Yep, he's played with a bunch of people. He's a hired gun right, badass. Right. But, but oh, yeah. yeah, such a good drummer. But the interesting thing for being a studio musician, he has a very, has a lot of personality in his playing. Yeah. He's not somebody that disappears into the album. Oh, yeah, absolutely, 100%. For anyone that's curious, the dishwasher's done. That's not the beeping. <laughs> <laughs> I 
We're doing this at, at Casa de Barry. Yeah, a so, family abode. Yeah, it's nice. It's got a nice homie. But hopefully the hominess will come through. It's, I hope so, yes. I really so, hope it does. Here's my take on the lyrics, and we'll just get that out of the way. <laughs> Stuart Adamson likes to portray a like visionary, like sort of broad expanses of 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 swaths of Scottish history stuff and sure. feeling, but he doesn't provide enough enough uh, local context or or more individual context for you to hook onto anything mm-hmm. so you you have to he makes you cook up a lot in your head like we're like with okay with pavement where a lot of times he's throwing out stuff and you're like whatever but you can sort of his is a lot more personal than like you can see this is just right, like, this right. some guy talking about there's, shit there's more things to uh, dig into D- and with right. this it's so expansive and uh, generalized right. that it's like oh epic. okay well, this- well, he's, I believe he's trying to write epic things and so, when you write epic things, you 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 sort of broaden your 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 uh, palette, or not maybe not broaden your palette. You broaden the um, your gaze, but then maybe sometimes you the people who lack context, like maybe there's Scottish people who go, I know exactly what he's. You, know, you really think they, so? Because <laughs> I don't. Really? You no. don't? I was wondering no. about that. I was wondering. Although, but they still they were obviously. Really popular there, and they did oh, yeah. and even. Oh yeah! Oh my God! You like, look at the stadiums filled with people jumping up and down. I, right? I, they're very enthusiastic yeah. audiences, and I, I think and some very questionable outfits. I gotta say, early oh, on, <laughs> which parts? Like the just the fact they wore plaid everywhere, or toy, they were it trying was, to be very Scottish. They were playing up the Scottish thing, yeah, which. That, which I got. You said it was the headbands. They also they were wore the, the sweatbands around the wrist, yeah. which is also a very eighties thing. They did, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, but maybe they graduated out of that. That was the. Uh, they weren't a cool looking band. That's true. Well, maybe to some, but at the time they were though, because that was that was a fashion thing. They were just doing. Yeah, I mean, so was the uh, Clash. The Clash wore, of course, wore stuff they like sure that. Did. Yeah, the well, Clash looked way cooler. <laughs> I know. Well, I was wondering yeah, why does true. a band like this get branded as just not being cool? Because I mean, I remember when this record came out, I really liked this record. It mm-hmm. didn't sound like anyone else. Well, that's what, how I got promoted at the time. I, that's how I ended up buying it at the time because the reviews were like, "Well, he's he does this. You know, they've got this guitar sound." That nobody else has, and it's really new, and they it's really like different. Bag, they're not sound like bagpipes. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah the phase <laughs> shifter. And they do, a lot, they do a lot of, um, it's a lot of single line playing. So there's not a lot of, cor- they're not beating yes. the chords like yeah, the Ramones. Right. Yeah. And so that somebody might be playing, both of them might be playing single lines while the right. thing is going on. And actually, it's not a phase shifter. Their secret weapon was this MXR yes, yes, harmonizer. Right. That's harmonizer. what it was, yeah, yes. yeah. And they cost their expensive. Oh, really? And no. so, yeah. And there's actually some footage of them playing on like an award show here, I believe. Oh, the Grammys. And, the, the Grammys. Yeah, but if you notice, the songs are played differently. And I have a theory. They couldn't get the effect, and the there they, a back line? They, they, yeah. they're had they had to use, or they got showed up, and their effects, their harmonizers were. 220, or they used that, <coughs> and they couldn't get a hold of them. That's so interesting. They're playing the songs in a very different right. way, and I'm like, man, that's weird. You go up and play your hit, and you wouldn't play those like yeah. high single lines, right? Unless, oh, I, we couldn't get this, the uh, magic sauce. And there was also, I'm sure there was some other magic sauce there. It was the <laughs> 80s. There was also a lot of use of the. Ebo as well. Yes, the Ebo. Yeah, I, I love Ebo. Yeah, I think it's yeah. the coolest sound. That's for people who don't know, it's fascinated like a by it. Vibrating thing that you hold up to a string. Yep. And Instead just, of strumming, you just hold it up to the string. And it makes it, and it sing. Makes it, yeah. yeah, sing. And they use that a lot. Okay, here's here's the one thing I was gonna say, and I've been holding this, holding it. Okay, he's been holding it. Oh, is he threatening? He get, he teased me during the weekend. He goes, You're like there, there's these guys sound like somebody, and you, well, not sound like someone, but there's something. They do. There was a band. Um, I was thinking. Uh, this record, the way it just came out of left field, and it just uh, the sound of something about the sound of it and the guitars, and what record like also came out earlier, came out in the seventies, but was ended up being a huge record. And I'll still listen to it now, and it's not cool at all. The words aren't that great, but it sounds amazing, and it didn't sound like anyone else. Frampton comes alive. <laughs> a little band, a uh, Boston, just a little oh. band. Oh my God! You're right. When Boston, Boston came out, the Boston that guitar sound. Mm, would, yeah, was, it's a very 
Uh, it's and there's a lot of dual guitar. There's yeah. a lot of tool, du- dual it, guitars. It certainly in it. doesn't sound like big country, but I see the parallel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's two because there's a lot. They were a guitar band, and it was like you would just, as a teenager, when it came out, if you were playing guitar or anything, this was your like, oh my god, these guys listen to these even guitars. He, uh, Tom Schultz. <laughs> Just came out. He came out with this effects thing. Yes, yes for that a, specific sound. Headphones, yeah. and it was it was the Schultz Rockman. Schultz Rockman, and you plugged into it, and it made the Boston guitar sound. Yep, and um, which turned out to me not be effective for anybody but Boston. For no yes, one else but Boston. or you <laughs> sound like you're trying to sound like Boston. Right, it's not appropriate on the music. Warm, right, but warm. what do you think? It's not bad, right? It's true, it's you're right. There <laughs> was because that was their thing. Was that. He was this. He had this vision for this guitar sound. However, now that we're really gonna we're gonna go deep, my theory on the Boston sound is that he was actually trying to make um, a happy version of you know how Jonathan Richmond and the Modern Lovers. He was trying to make a happy version of the Velvet Underground or yeah, like yeah, an upbeat yeah, version. Yeah. Okay. Boston. Tom Schultz is trying to make a happy version of Black Sabbath. Black Sabbath. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Is that's that why fair. it's lame? <laughs> Right, well, so why, but now why is Boston? Why is the Boston debut lame, but this not lame though? What's the difference? Well, I well think, because I hate seventies rock. Aesthetically, it just because it was, it was forced on you too. Because you're like every time you turn the radio, well, you're like, oh, oh you know whether you want to or not, you know every song on that record because yeah. you heard all those songs. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. It's, it's but you're right. It was a distinctive, different sounding record, and I think that's one of the things that drew me to Big Country is. There were some guitar bands in the 80s, like the 80s you think of synths, yes, synth bands exactly, everywhere, right, right. and there were bands like U2 and Big Country that had these guitar sounds that were leading it, or I would even say like the Cocteau Twins who weren't on the radio, but like Robert yeah, Guthrie, sure. he makes these sounds with guitar, and for me that's infinitely more fascinating than somebody trying to do it on a synth. Right. Yeah. And like exactly. John McGeeck, is that yeah, sure, it? man. Yeah, he, he's, he's a totally unique guitar player. When I heard Spellbound, I'm yeah. like, "What is yeah, going yeah. on what here? Is he doing here?" Yeah, this is something different it's because like, it's and, not. And a by ch- the way, ch- it's those. It's hard to play. The thing about McGeeck guitar parts are like, yeah, they, you know, you just go. And there's some of that on this record too, where I hear that they've heard towards the end of the uh, record. There's a tune at the end, um, maybe Angle Park. Where I hear some guitar that's like, oh, they're doing somebody's doing John McGee right there. Ah. There's, a, there's a thing. So. Well, Angle Park's not actually on the album. That's a B-side. That's oh, is right. It? It is. Yeah, Poor Man is the last song. Oh, there. okay. So I got two, two. I got too many songs on yes. there. That is the, See, I'm, I'm a real I'm fan because I know this stuff. That Angle Park is a really good song, though. It right? is. It is yeah, a good song. Yeah. yeah. Uh, song. All right. So we should begin. Right? Thing, no, yeah, we'll we should begin it. on the songs. Just one other thing I wanted to say about uh, Stuart Adamson, that he did have a tragic end. He did. Very. Struggled with alcoholism a lot of his life, and uh, in 2001, his body was found in uh, Honolulu, Hawaii. In a hotel room. He, he hung drank himself. a bottle of wine, yeah. and he hung himself. In the oh. Closet yeah, it's very sad. Story. And very some sad. of this, we'll get to the discussion of the first song, because Big Country, to a lot of people, is a one-hit wonder band. Right. And right. I wonder if he just could never get beyond the one-hit wonder thing. I think so, yeah. Because the I first so record did sure. well. Steel Town, even though it's a better record, did right. not do as Is well. It real? I'm going to have to listen to that. It's a I really good record. A, a Buffalo Skinners, because I, I heard that was they were trying to make that their like, comeback record. It's more of a rock record. It's, it's very And it's yeah. very uh, traditional rock, and yeah. it sort of lost their... It lost the charm. Yeah. Now, The Seer is a, is a, got some good songs on it, but the production's kind of bad and poppy, and then the records kind of did this, as right. well as yeah. the popularity. So I don't know if Stuart Adamson ever got over the one-hit wonder thing. Yeah, I think you're absolutely and right. And I think this is also the first record you've really discussed where there's a one-hit wonder quality to well, it. Well, when, when even though they the were successful song, after yeah. and everything, but never yeah. never that initial this success This is the only song got. anybody knows by them. Most because people, a lot it's of the same yeah, as yeah. the name of the The problem is... Which is, yes. <laughs> well, when you have a song with the name of the band on the first song on the album... Well, but I, I thought about that. So how many bands have songs... It's mostly a metal thing, isn't it? Oh, really? Think about it. Well, like the Clash, you, on the U.S. release of the first Clash record, there was Clash City Rockers. Yes, that's right. Or, yeah. And Radio Iron Clash. Maiden, Iron Maiden. Iron Maiden. Song, Judas Iron Priest Maiden. have a song called Judas Priest. Uh, Motorhead yeah, has a song yeah, called yeah. Motorhead. Right. Okay. Black Sabbath has a song called Black Sabbath. See, so I thought it was more of a metal thing, but it is odd. That, <laughs> but you have your name in the song that is odd. Right. All right, so first song, In a Big... It's actually not called Big Country. It's called In a Big, in a big Country. country. Ask Ask 300 people who know this song. <laughs> it's called Big Country, yes. Yeah, it's called yeah, Big yeah, Country. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's called Big Country, yeah. 
Well, um, now, did you notice that the this is something interesting? The 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 version on the record is this longer version where it has this drum intro. Right. Yes. That's more like a 12-inch single mix they did, and I'm not sure why it's on the album because the video on MTV is the shorter version. Short they just don't think they were saying oh, that. And then it goes in, and it's shorter overall. This one feels like those 12-inch singles they made in the 80s with right, the right. extended versions. Oh, yeah. I kind of wish it wasn't on the album. Really? Because I enjoy it because this is the first that I heard was this, I think. I heard this, mm-hmm. and the drums, the whole intro thing sounds kind of amazing and like uh, not, not not what you would expect of a band like this because it almost sounds, you're right, it does sound very 12-inch singly, mm-hmm. like almost like bands like the New Order were putting out. Uh, yeah. It, well, it's got electronic percussion and stuff on there, right, and hand right, claps, right, right. which don't appear nowhere else on the record. Right, <laughs> right. So right. I think it's it's odd. Um, the song is... That sounds like a record company decision. Right it there. might have been, but it's, but it's not the version I heard. Because like, I was exposed to them on MTV. I saw the terrible video with them on four-wheelers doing <laughs> the whole adventure. Oh my God, it's I a, forgot I, about it's, that. It's a, it's a very oh, bad video. And it, Whoever it, did that, you need, you should be punished, you should be sent to prison. <laughs> but most, a lot of those videos are terrible in the early days. There's a particular. Yeah, that one is especially. It's not really bad. No. You know, it's a Scottish band. What should what should we have them doing? Four wheelers. They're they're like rappelling off the dune, side of a right, mountain. Dune buggies. They're, right. they're, they're, not horses. And, no. And no, then they're they're buggies. like they're scuba diving. Yes. And then they and then they have this girl that punches Stuart Adams in the face, knocks him over, and somehow knocks the entire band unconscious yeah. by running past them. It's an abysmal, awful video. Yeah. But I heard the song and I was like, this is interesting. Right. So it grabbed me. Yeah. Um, and. Uh, it's there's a couple things about it that, I, that it sets up the big country aesthetic. You've got the bagpipe sound, yes, right? Yeah. You've got it's the true. ha, shock, yeah, yeah, where yeah, they yeah, yell stuff right. out. Where does this come from? Where is <laughs> yeah. this ha, that's shock? A, I'm imagining that's like I'm a guessing it is. Yeah, I guess right, it is. Yeah, when when you're right. wandering the uh, country, yeah, yeah right. Or maybe you know, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. or that poor electrical wire, you know, <laughs> like you touch something <laughs> and you get, you but get it's shocked. great. I mean, it definitely makes as a young when you when you first heard this. How old were you? You were probably in a junior high school. Probably 15, 14, 15. Okay, 14. So, I mean, as a, as a young man, hearing that, that's exciting, you know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hearing this wow. Scottish guy go, yeah, and then play this awesome lead. I mean, come on. What, what do you want? What more do you want? Well, and because it didn't sound like anything else I'd heard. Exactly. And that's right, an interesting right. thing to me about Big Country is they don't come from the blues tradition. They don't come from the rock tradition. True. Yeah, that's It true. seems to be kind of a folk. unique thing. Scottish folk music. But that, I mean, everything comes from somewhere, and I know... Uh, yeah, it's a great archivist of yeah, right. figuring out right. the, and I love the, the fact that you do that. Well, but it's interesting to me to see where things come from, and this, I can't find a rock precedent for it. And that's Not really, no. It's more of a, it's more comes from, um, the, back, I mean, bagpipes. That's really, I mean, he's imitating bagpipes with a guitar. Right. And mm-hmm. so... And it's got a... What uh, you had in ACDC, you had some actual bagpipes in right, some ACDC right. songs, yes. but not the same thing. They weren't making... Didn't Slade like do that, that too? Uh, probably, yeah. Uh, Slade did yes. Slade did yes. Not that Big Country probably had a Slade record, but... I don't know. Oh, you never know. You know what, you know what uh, Joey Ramone's favorite band was? Slade. Slade. Yep. Okay. He loved Slade. Yep. And somebody hung out with him. Somebody was talking about hanging out with him one at his apartment. All he did was play Slade records. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So um, I did see uh, in the lyrics of this tune a little bit of um, maybe uh, the the despondency of the dark gray Scottish, you know. It's a, it's one of the more optimistic songs on the record. Yeah, but uh, I'm not expecting "Girl Flowers in the Desert." Uh, where's the? Uh, um, oh, I thought that pain and truth are things that really mattered, but you can't stay here with every single hope you had shattered. Well, that's awesome. <laughs> that's <laughs> For a big country song, at least it's not like, you know, a yeah, minor right. strike right, or right, something. Right, right, right. There's not some yeah. of, you're not marching through a field of fire with the dead bodies of your yes, children. Yes, exactly. Right. Because we'll get to that. Yes. Um, pull your head up off the floor, come up screaming, cry out for everything you ever might have wanted. Uh, it's a, yeah, and, there you yeah. go. So it's sort of like rising up through. Uh, it, it is. It is. Stay but the, alive. And the majestic right. sweep of yeah. the, you know, he sweeps his arm out. Like, um, uh, what's his name? John Lovett. Acting. <laughs> <laughs> very hard, uh, very heartfelt lyrics, right? That's right the, out of right. the gate. The, but a uh, great, great opening song on a record sort of announces, well, this is right. what this record is. What this record has anyway. absolutely 
zero. It has there is zero ironic content. That's absolutely true. Right. It's the opposite of your your last week. It is the last week. It's, it's, a, it's with it's uh, funny. the Smiths the pa- or the Smiths or the Pavement. Yeah, which oh, yeah. Is all, both of those are snarky, ironic. Yeah. Well, I was I was. And magazine is the same shit. Sure, it, right. absolutely. You know. yeah. And I think that's the thing, the secret sauce. Why I didn't? Because I was wondering. I really like this record when it came out, and I still love it. I'll yeah. listen to it. But I wonder why I didn't follow them afterwards. Like I I knew they had a certain songs time after, or certain. But I didn't buy any more records, and I didn't. And I think it's because of that. It's because of the lack of iron and everything. I got everything I needed from this That's one right. record. It's ear candy to me, just like Boston. I'll still listen to the Boston yeah, right, record. Right, I don't right, give a fuck. I'll yeah, tell everyone right, I listen right. to it. It uh, sounds good. It's ear candy yeah, to me. Is, yes, yeah. but well, I check out just this natives. It just didn't right, connect so. with me. Restless Natives, you can find it streaming easily. It's on the. Is that a song on the on your uh, favorite big country record? No, it's it's <laughs> it's a uh, that's the soundtrack they did. To oh, the movie. okay, the one. Okay. I will definitely check on the that. album The Seer. It's a B side. It's like thirty five minutes because it's one big long soundtrack oh, thing. But nice. it's it's mostly instrumental. I would and it's got love some, it. I'll it's got some it. fantastic Ebo playing too. Stuart Adamson is a really good Ebo player. I mean, he's well. You gotta. The trick is you gotta keep it, keep that thing in your pocket, and you gotta get it out at just the right time. Kind of like when you're <laughs> you don't want to use it all the time, yeah. <laughs> you know, right? Because you, what are you gonna do? Right. But then uh, they did come up with an invention to sort of get around. The the guitar thing. Fernandez. There was a Fernandez sustainer, and it had a thing in the tail piece where you could just turn it on. It would vibrate the string and do this pretty much the same thing. That doesn't sound. I, think, I don't know. That doesn't sound like a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's what uh, the Edge used instead of an Ebo and a lot of stuff. Oh, really? Right. It was called the Infinite Guitar. It would just kind of the strings would constantly yeah. vibrate. Right? They, what they have is a little a rotating brush that down that that that, that excites the string down by the tailpiece, so that yeah. which Ebo is just doing the same thing. The magnet is all it's doing is making the string vibrate. Right, yeah. right, continually vibrate. All right, so let's go to the song number two. Inwards. Inwards. Yeah. So, uh, yeah uh, I wouldn't want to stay out. With news like this, all the engines too loud, all the pavements. Yeah, but what news is he talking about? I have not. Exactly. Uh, (laughs) What news is he talking about? Yeah, I pull everything inwards, but everything's changed. Yeah, I I don't know what what he's what he's talking about. This, but I will say, this this is a really great sound. Another great sounding song. They got the dual uh, guitars going. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Arpeggiated guitars. That's right. This one has a really. Great com- Very catchy. Com- this song is like stuck in my head song. after. Yeah. yeah. Very um, How the scouts in the stairwell will meet. Yeah, what is that with that? The scouts in the stairwell will meet again? So what? maybe he's just, you know, he is perhaps making the error of under-describing things that things he sees in his head and he, you know, is... He assumes maybe more about his the you know capabilities of his listener than that there are there that we can figure out. Oh well, but like I said, or maybe there's Scottish people that go, oh yeah, I know, I remember that, I know what he's talking about. So, sure. but they don't. You're yeah, right. and that's, that's how I've always felt about this record. I don't know what he's talking about, and I mean, also for me, a lot of music vocals are things people put in there just so the songs aren't instrumental. True. And there's some bands like that where the lyrics are not that important. They're just something there to do a melody. In right. fact, there's an interesting quote about Mark Rozeski in here where he's talking about the lyrics, and he says, as a drummer, I never really paid attention to the lyrics. <laughs> I paid attention to the bass lines. I paid attention to the different dynamic, to the way the strumming was happening and everything to do with the rhythms. And the voice was a rhythm to me. Only in hindsight did I start looking at the lyrics and go, hang on, you know, there's some writing there. But I think a lot of people, especially maybe drummers, might focus more on the rhythmic aspect, sure. the singing, yeah, the melody yeah. of it, rather than what he's saying. Well, the lyrics, okay, we should qualify and say the lyrics are in no way stupid, or they no way dumb. No, no, they're not. They're not. Bright. Just like you said, they are lacking they're in context. context. Yeah, they're yeah. in context. Right. You say, yeah. oh, oh, baby, oh, darling, oh, father, mm. yeah. oh, someone. Give me a person, give me something to hang this on, but he really leaves that out. He right, really and maybe it's by uh, design too. He could, it could be by design. Could he could want it to not write specifically. Except when you get to the third song on here, Chance. This is the one song I yeah. feel like that there's sort one of part of the part. Exactly. It's there's a story. It's there's actually right. a story, subject. and it's a nice change. <laughs> Whereas otherwise, it's sort of subject-free material. Right, yeah. right. But this is a, actually like a story. Yeah. Uh, about a woman okay. who is rescued from her father, her abusive father, yes. only to, of course, be abandoned by her rescuer with her two sons. Sons, right. And there's a clever wordplay in there. Yeah, you know, great. Like that's that a great line. Play, this is yes. my favorite. Actually, this is something in the song. It's when he says, um, 
Uh, he, he came like a hero from the factory floor with the sun and moon as gifts. Yep. But the only sun you ever saw were the two he left you with. Yeah. That's right. That's you great. were stuck inside with the kids. And you know, Scotland is As a drummer, funny. Woody, you could appreciate that even as a drummer? Yes. Um, <laughs> actually, there's, there's actually one line in this whole album I think is a good lyric. We'll cover later. But generally... One! <laughs> <laughs> I really don't like the lyrics. On, uh, I don't but like are you, But lyrics. overall, are you a, a, a lyric guy or not so much? Uh, the lyrics, I mean... I mean, for I, in, in general, like the music you like, you listen to, do you, do you pay attention to the lyrics? More? I do somewhat. I, you know, this is the people probably find this strange. One of my favorite lyricists is Susie from Susie and the Banshees. Yeah. Because I actually think she's one of the few people you could actually look at her lyrics and read them like poetry. Yeah. And they'll hold up. Or Leonard Cohen. His yeah. stuff, you can read it like poetry. You don't right. need the music. Okay, okay. Right. But I think typically lyrics are something that are there... Just to you know, keep it from being instrumental. Like you know, Joey Ramone wrote great lyrics. You know, right. Be on the brat with a baseball bat. Yeah. That's all I need. Right. My favorite so, one, one of my, my big lyrics. Probably lyric. my favorite Ramone song is "I Don't Care." I which don't that care. right? The um, yeah, I think it's the only lyric. But that's, the thing, <laughs> but that's the thing about the Ramones was that they were still clever, even though their songs were seemingly dumb. They were was, very smart guys. There was guys. a lot they of were, irony there, yeah, and yeah. there's a lot of cleverness. The Stooges the same thing. Yeah. yeah, it was like they were. He's a really smart guy, right, but right. They, he knew that he had this aesthetic of simple and uh, 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 you know almost um, inept but brilliant uh, well, lyrics. Ironically inept, sort of, you know. Yeah, but you wouldn't <laughs> necessarily know that about the Stooges if yeah. you just listen to their first record and you go, "Oh, you know, list, read those lyrics." So, anyway. Well, back to Chance. There's none of that irony on this one. No. So, Chance is basically a ballad, wouldn't you agree? Yes. Yes. So, yes. it's a ballad. Um, what do you think of the guitar part, Barry? That ding, 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 ding. It's almost Asian sounding. Yes, I always thought that. It is. And which is, I don't know if there's a secret message there in that Asian guitar part. <laughs> Leave it to Barry to find the secret Are there message. Secret messages in Asian messages. Or did he intend it to sound Asian? Oh, did he intend? I don't know, because it really does. It yeah, does. does. So the first thing you think is, oh, that's like Chinese. And it's sounding. good, but it's really cool and it it's is. good. It's okay, explain to me. Left field. Kind of comes out of left field. Why do the skirts hang so heavy around her head? Like skirts, like is it your skirt over your head? Is there some Scottish thing? I don't a know. skirt on your head? I don't, I don't know. So this is why you're here, Barry. Yeah. So um. Well. I also have a note here, just it's a non-traditional use of guitar. Yes. The whole guitar thing is just not rock and roll at all. Right, yeah. And it's very cool to me. Um, yes. I do like the big, the refrain, the, oh, Lord. Yeah. It, it's, it, that works. Where it did the feeling. Oh, yeah. yeah it's it's cool. feeling yeah. I think that works yeah. pretty well. It does. But I, I find things that are ballads that almost aren't ballads interesting. Because yeah, I would say this qualifies for that. It qualifies as a ballad, but it doesn't have the cornball quality. No, right, it doesn't, it doesn't have, which a lot of time in the 80s, that was the, oh. the power ballads. Oh, God, God the power ballad is yeah, the No, worst. this is not that oh, at all. No. Definitely it's not. It's, it so it, it has, definitely has more meat to it. Than and that. actually, yeah. you have Black Sabbath to blame for the power ballad. Remember the song Changes? Changes, yeah. Oh, what was the one that Bill Ward sang? Oh, no. That song is oh, so bad. Oh, wow. Do you remember that one? No, that one's, uh, Bill? If you'd like to contact us and uh, defend <laughs> that, yourself. That one he sang is so bad. It's well, it's like pre-Beth bad. TRGMH33 at gmail.com. That's right. Bill Ward, let us know. We love you, Bill. What drugs you were on when you We sang love you, that. Bill, but you shouldn't sing. <laughs> yeah, I think maybe me might know that. Okay, so actually we're about, about the halfway point, so we're going to take a quick break, and then we will come back and discuss the rest of The Crossing by Big Country. Got me high. Episode ten, Tim. the crossing by With Big our Country. Special guest Woody Compton from who now lives in Gainesville, Florida, but mm-hmm. is uh, old a, Tallahassee musician scene guy. That's right. Yep. Tallahassee had a great punk rock alternative music scene it in did. the 1980s and early 1990s. I was part of that, mm-hmm. and uh, I can vouch for the fact that. <laughs> Except for the fact that it was in Tallahassee, it would have been much more widely known. I agree. There was a lot of very high quality stuff coming some out. Some of the, there's a couple of records. I didn't even know there were people up in Tallahassee then. And uh, there's a couple of records that came out of that that uh, uh, that era that are stand the test of time. I'd say 
uh, Out of Mind by the band Gruel. Absolutely. Which uh, is a fantastic, like, blend of all alternative rock and metal with a uh, kind of, I don't know, with the vocalist and guitarist who's really got a unique sound, Tommy Hamilton. Mm-hmm. So maybe we'll get on here one time. And then, of right. course, a Singing Spoons album. Mm-hmm. Resin Cabin. I heard that because of you, because <laughs> yeah, you gave yeah, that yeah. to me, and that's great stuff. It, it yeah. Is. And then they have a great unreleased record that uh, I actually. Um, uh, what's that one called? What's the one called that didn't come out? Uh, oh, you gave it to me. I have it. Yeah. My Coleman, sorry, I forgot the name of your unreleased album, but it is fantastic. I'll it's think really of it before the end. I'm going to release it on Bandcamp by myself. Insect Fear. You guys put out an album, correct? Yeah, Must Be Destroyed. Must Be Destroyed. <laughs> was that on um, Manufacture? Yes, it was. Manufacture Records. Um, uh, shout out to Wayne. Shout out to Wayne Gleesman, who uh, was <laughs> the only person coherent and uh, competent enough. Responsible. To, uh, responsible enough to, in Tallahassee to put out records. Uh, just a wonderful guy, too. And a great guy. Yes. All right, but we're not here to talk about no, we're not. obscure Tallahassee bands. Obscure. Hagiography of Tallahassee punk rock scene. We're here talking about uh, context is important. Which, by the way, the crossing. It's called the crossing. There's a song called the crossing. Right. I it's saw, not I, on the I album. Saw that. It's not on the album. But no. Yeah, yeah. It's, I, I it's a B song. Okay. Where else? There's another record where that happens. Where the album is named something, and then there's a song that's on another record. I'll think of it. I'm All sure right, Thousand Stars. That's that, uh, David Comes to Life. Yeah. A thousand Stars, big drum sound. This is the type of stuff that got me fired up when I was a young drummer. Boom, bah, boom, boom, bah, yes, yes, like that. Yes, right, yes. Yeah, baby, that's that Steve Lillywhite drum production. Yeah. You know, oh, he did. Right. Oh, yeah. He didn't mention that. We should have mentioned that. Yeah, Steve Lillywhite, Lillywhite who Lillywhite. did the first three U2 albums. War, which is is a drum heavy a record as it has ever been made. Right. Um, he did Pete, records by Peter Gabriel with huge big drum sounds. Right, right, Peter Gabriel right. 3, did, which everybody would recognize. Absolutely. You know? He did records for Susie and the Banshees. He did records XTC, yep. the Black uh, Sea, which is... Wire. Oh, that's right. That's the Black right. Sea. Yeah. The Black Sea has great drum sounds on too. Big drum Black sounds. Black Sea, yes. Such a great drum sound. Too, I believe. Lily White did. Which one? Yeah. English Settlement 2, I believe Lily White did. I'm I think not he sure did he did some of it. I think he did yeah. it. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. But he's known for big drum sounds. Yeah, right. Kind of uh, analog sounding, whereas a lot of things in the 80s are very synthetic sounding. Right, exactly. I think a little yeah, analog. his drums sound like, the, like, like somebody hitting Tom Toms in a big uh, stone, space. stone room. Yeah. I yeah. remember reading after XTC did um, uh, Black Sea that other bands came to him and, and wanted to ask them, how did you get that sound? And yeah, because the drum sounds and those records are fantastic. They are They're some great. of my favorites. And so. the drum sounds in, in this record are great too. Yeah, uh, they're really good. A little sometimes they're a little like processed, almost like maybe a little Gated? over. Yes, yeah. mm-hmm. over processed. But but I, I think it fits in very well. well right, because when you hear this record, music. when you hear this record, you will immediately go, "Oh, that's an eight early '80s record." It's yes, not, yeah. there's no the and that is one thing that's problematic probably about it. It's because For you. It, for me, <laughs> yeah, I like a lot of those early '80s records. I like them too. Yeah. Yeah. I like them too, but. Some of it, you go, okay, this is this is exactly 1984, and right. that's exactly what it sounds like. So for this song, can we can we agree the main thing about it is the music? It's really good musical song, got great guitars, not much going on with the lyrics. Yeah, it's not much. Well, I, the, the, one thing, the, one, the one thing stars. that's memorable about it was it's a card game that's going on. Oh. <laughs> Leave it to Barry. Let's go, Barry. Oh, come on, guys. Let it go, man. Wait. Now we play our final hand. What did you uh, play hand? I thought it was more metaphorical. That yeah. this time, this time like never before, only the Black Queen scores uh, a card so high that these guys, they didn't he's even so read the clever. lyrics. <laughs> Where'd you find this guy? He's great. <laughs> he is. Yeah, so, but other than that, you're right. It's no, just, but that, that The luck of a thousand right stars. Yeah. yeah. The luck, it's a card game and he's losing to, you know, the Black Queen or, you know. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's charm, he says. Uh, I feel secure in your arms while all the city's on fire. City's being on. There's a lot of things on yeah, fire. Yeah, a lot of fun. Yeah. Did Scotland have that much fire and cold? War? So you want to burn shit? Yeah, well, basically. that's more like warm. stories of war and yeah, but still, if you're cold, you know, you might go to great lengths to stay warm. Start a war, burn yeah. some shit. But to me, this is almost like a, a filler song on this record. Like if you didn't want to get indicted, you might start a nuclear war. 
<laughs> Are we going down that? <laughs> we'll just leave that. I'm just gonna leave that turd there. On the I table. can see you saying that, but honestly, you like I don't it? feel like. Well, I, yeah, I don't feel like there's any true filler song because I no, really yeah. like every song on this record. I really yeah. do. There's something to um, there's something to every song on here where there's some good, some cool parts in it. Either just a really good uh, yeah. licks, or some. Uh, well, it's their debut album, so you want it to be. You know, they want it to definitely be. Um, I think it's some, mostly killer, no filler. There's no bass solo yeah. song. All right, <laughs> now we go into uh, song. Number Number five, which is the, the storm. storm. I think right. this is a great song, and it's very dramatic. This is one of yes. the more dramatic songs on the record. Yeah, and if you look uh, third uh, stanza, the houses were burning in flames. Golden red, so the flames appear yeah. pretty quickly again. <laughs> well, the four. I read this was about the 1745 Jacobite Rebellion. Oh, really? <laughs> wow, that's that's what I read. Not um, enough songs have been written about. I know. Have you yeah. noticed that? I was going to make a KTEL collection of 1745 Jacobite Rebellion songs, well, but only had Jacobites. I'm a, I'm I have no idea. I just I'm reciting so something right on the internet. Australia. We might have had an actual education. So it's we starts, got shit for it. The song starts with that mournful Ebo. The yes. Ebo oh, wonderful Ebo the stuff. Yep. And then it's got that Gaelic uh, guitar intro strumming thing. With really. Yes. Hellaciously awesome brush playing by Mark. Rizowski. Oh yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Like, just great brush playing. It is. It's great. It's great. Celtic, very Celtic sounding. Mm -hmm. uh, just very cool. And it's some. So I guess it's the point of view of a Scotsman. Uh, so what did you say again? I forgot. The seventeen forty-five Jacobite Rebellion. Yes. Uh, yes. They didn't have to do. Ah, uh, uh, my James. They didn't have to do this. Which I don't know what they're referring to. Right. Who's yeah, I tried Who's to James, look. Yeah. I tried looking it up and tried to find maybe a Bible. Is this something from the Bible? But no, I don't. I, I couldn't yeah. find out who who is James. I yeah. Well, yeah. Hunterson. One of the great mysteries that room. maybe went down with Stuart. Uh, yeah, yeah, Adamson. Um, both hunters and hunted washed down in the rain. I mean, it has a it has a picturesque quality of you know uh, people in pre-industrial times and the time of war when there's just like mud and fire and spears and death, right? And bad smells. Yes. <laughs> it, it's interesting at the end of this song. It the drums go into three four, where the rest of the music is four four. It goes uh, shum, shada, shum, shada, yeah. and the drums get soloed out at the end, where the rest of the music fades out. Oh right, okay. It's kind okay. of an interesting approach. One thing that's also interesting to me about this whole record: a lot of the songs don't fade out; they actually end. Yeah, right, right, and, right. And right. that to me shows a band playing together and practicing and writing songs together. Right. I think a lot of times when people write in the studio, the fade out is because they don't know where to end the song. Almost. Right. I'm gonna just. Right. So, right. so I like it when bands. Yeah, yeah. No, and they were. Really good. I looked up. I, I look YouTube. I, I I looked up some live shows and them playing, and they were a really good band. They, oh, they really were. Really, they well, played. they had very high musicianship. Yeah, and they had to to play these songs. I mean, it's one thing to do them in the studio. You could sell the. There's a well, lot they've of got to do their do little Scottish dance while they play. You know, <laughs> well, that was that. Yeah, yeah, I saw. That was they, part of their, their thing. I don't know. I guess they choreographed that, or maybe yeah. it was just like uh, you know, you gotta you, you gotta move around, move around like this. Mm -hmm. Because it was definitely a part of the uh, uh, um, the, the live show was this sort of Scottish looking dancing. So yeah. obviously the, the pride of being Scottish and the representing because you know the Scots always get treated like you know the hillbillies of basically. <laughs> really, I didn't know that. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, Irish really get treated like the Irish got treated got treated like just like slaves. Right. But the Scottish were kind of like well. You know, those are the the, poor, the country cousins, <laughs> the country that. cousins, um, and uh, I just or, love. I, do you remember the movie Train Spotting? The, their quotes in there about Scottish. like, oh, we're Scottish. You know, oh, that's that's right. Right. yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. I just love listening to some of the live stuff, just hearing them talking to the audience with that Scottish. Oh, yeah, oh you can't right. tell what they're saying half the time. Yeah. I know it's awesome. Uh, like on. <laughs> there's no subtitles. All right, so we go into song six is Harvest, Harvest Home. And uh, another song about <laughs> life. Uh, it seems to be pre-industrial. <laughs> yes. Which seems to be pre-industrial. Uh, um, uh, uh, How many Scotland. sheaves were counted? <laughs> it's true. Who, who led the Mayday feasting? Who saw the harvest home? Um, see where the butter melted. See where the altars creep. He's talking about days gone by. Sort right. of a, a wistful remembrance, maybe of uh, um, uh, an imagined. Uh, a romantic past in in Scotland, um, and this has that uh, that biblical "just as you sow, you sh you shall reap." Read, yeah. Yes, <laughs> um, where were the heroes honest? Where was the summer wine? Um, watch how the waves must shatter. Watch how the shore divides. Watch how the nets will tatter. 
Watch Canute and his bride. Okay. I looked up this one, and King Canute was a legendary Danish king who, believe it or not, and I, you, I, I'm amazed. Well, you're the Jacobite thing. You looked that up, so. <laughs> Nikki Sutton in the Jacobite. It sounds like Remember stuff you'd overhear at a Renaissance fair. It yes. does. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Thankfully, right. this song is saved by a very catchy guitar part. Yes. 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 Oh, yes. oh the, the, this song is yeah. great. Yeah, the, the ending uh, a guitar figure at the end, and then it's got, I love at the end, did you notice, it goes, he's got this like extra drum beat that comes in at the end every once in a while. When you listen to the outro, mm-hmm. they'll add, he'll add like an extra little drum measure every, uh, like on the fourth one maybe, and it's, it's just really cool. Mark Rzeski is a very creative drummer. A lot of these songs actually have almost drum hooks in them. Yes, or exactly. have like little exactly. bits of the bell. Yeah, hook, right. yes. and, and I have to mention something that this, this record made me buy as a China symbol. A China uh, symbol is this very trashy yeah, type yeah, of sound. Right. It's all over this record. Uh, it's almost okay, like okay. it should deserves its own credit next to the rest <laughs> of the band. So when I was 15, I couldn't afford symbols, so I took a cheap symbol and I went out in my garage and beat the edges inside out with a hammer to sure. try to make one because I wanted to get this sound that was on yeah. this big country record. But um, I think he's very good at adding fl- drum flourishes to make the songs even more interesting. Yeah. So when you heard this record, were you playing drums already? Yes. Woody? Okay, you were. Okay. I, I guess I'll plug Woody. Are you still making drums? I am not. Okay, since, since Hurricane Irma, a lot of things are no longer <laughs> yeah, being okay, done yeah. anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Right. He okay. used, to make his, uh, used to make drums. Comptone was mm-hmm. the name of his company. Really? Yes, made and sold uh, handmade snare drums. Very fancy yeah. stuff. Wow. Yeah. Yep. All right, so we go into song seven is Lost... Uh, Patrol, Patrol wonderful Ebo. More Ebo. Love the Ebo. He's so good on the Ebo. <laughs> these are soldiers, of course. They're on patrol. Yes. Gotta be. Manly Scottish soldiers. Yeah. soldiers. Um, Very dramatic. I'm guessing they didn't make it back. Yeah, they're, the lost, they're the lost the patrol. The horn between our lips is the missionary's tune. All men with open arms turn their faces half the way observe as we approach. Almost sounds like it seems like they're looking at a medieval painting. Yes. You know, yes, yes. Where you've got that, that yep. you know, you've got that sort of flat perspective. And you know, there's uh, um, they're telling things, they're telling a whole story with one painting that for the people looking at it would tell the whole story. But you just, as a as a, someone in the 21st century, you look at it and you go, well, I don't, I'm not able to piece all this together. But if you had in your there, the painting was just sort of a, a reminder of a uh, of a um, uh, uh, tale that was told. Right. Over, you know, mm-hmm. that's how things are oral tradition. So um, that's my guess about this is that um, <laughs> I think you. I, I think if the music wasn't so great and so stirring, it, this would be really boring. So unless you were really into this, yeah, into yeah. like Scottish history and everything, it, it just, is. There is, but a, the music is so good; it just lifts. Yeah, it, it just lifts. There's it out a feeling so. to these lyrics, yes. and there is. It's just a. It's sort of a monomaniacal feeling of this one. This one sort of. Emotion that's kind of presented throughout the whole record, and it's a kind of dark determinism or yes. dark. It's almost like that painting you were talking about. The whole record is that painting, right? Yes, <laughs> the whole record could be that painting. That sure. painting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this song has a lot of bleak uh, lyrics in it, you know. Yeah, as if, but if you, I can, I can find, there's a lot of bleak stuff on this record. Are they playing cards in this one, Barry? I don't, did not see any cards. (laughs) But isn't there something about, there's there's nothing here but the stench of toxic waste or something? Yeah, there's, let's see, there's, uh, there's no beauty here, friends, just death and decay. Yeah, stuff like that. Um, So, close action, which, close action is also fighting, right? Oh, yeah, that's what I thought was a reference to. Yeah. Okay, okay. And this this song itself, it seems a little different uh, than a lot of the songs on the record because it's kind of... Uh, well, it's in 6-8. It's almost like an Irish big, reel. Yeah, yeah. And right. It's, right. Uh, but it's good. I like it. And it's definitely, uh, it definitely takes you out of the... Um, uh, a, a lot of the other songs. It's a different sounding song. It's not as driving because it's a 6-8 song. And, and right, right. But it, it, it's an interesting thing, though, that this is something that was happening a lot in 80s music. They would do things that are in 6-8 or 3-4, but they weren't shuffle time. They weren't like this. Yeah, yeah. They were right, like, right, right. They weren't doing... Right. They were more like... <laughs> yeah. And, but there's a lot of music in the 80s that's like this. It's in 6-8 that doesn't have a traditional rock, blues, 
traditional feel. And right. I think this is more of like, like I said, like an Irish reel. Or yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the the riff itself is really cool. The main mm-hmm. uh, guitar riff is cool. And um, uh, again... There's uh, a subject in this one, too, which is, you don't know who it is, but he's talking about someone that he's going to... He's going, I will carry you home. With the God's, God's in my eyes. eyes. I'll carry you home with the west, while the westerly sigh, winds that blow across the ocean. Um, I will carry you home. Um, so this is, he's bringing someone home across the ocean from far away or across the, the North Sea or, or something along those lines. Um, and, uh, and shocker, it has a really cool melodic uh, guitar break in it. Right, too, which yeah. Oh, really the, the, the bridge is very cool. It is, it's like, it is. Um, yeah, I remember that bridge. That And it's interesting, there aren't really guitar solos, they're bridges. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's not, exactly, it's not right. rankery, right. It's, it's a written no. part. Oh, no, no. totally, yeah. That, that, that's no, everything on here, even the, yeah. the guitar, <clears throat> the quote-unquote solo stuff, is definitely, has a place, it's composed. Yeah. It's very... Orchestral almost, where mm-hmm. the songs have different parts to them, and uh, yeah. Well, when you see them live, you don't see them like when it comes to this bridge. The guys are just going, yes. it's oh, like oh. it's the exact same right. part every time. It's a written yeah. part, yeah. not like yeah. Slash. It's gonna you yes, know, yes. Right. Just that's the first person that sprung to mind of <laughs> that making those sounds you did with your mouth. The weeded it, weeded it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, yeah. and now we go into my personal favorite song on the record, Fields of Fire, just because I feel, like, I feel like Fields of Fire encompasses everything you love about Big Country. This is funny. In my notes here say, yeah. this is what people think of when they think of Big Country. Yes, because it's, 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 it's got the epic sound. The driving drums. It's the, got the, the shouted pop Yes, in it. it's got the back. It's got the back guitar. Yes. It, and it's got the melodic bass part, the solo and bass parts, which we haven't mentioned um, uh, Tony Butler. Tony Butler, he's, he's a badass. big he part. Is, yeah, he's yeah. a big part of this band yeah. because so many times the both guitars are doing these melodic things. So he's got to hold down that doing, rhythm. Yes, yeah. and but he's not holding it down like like a regular bass player would just be thumping. Eighth he's notes, going, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's doing these really intricate bass lines, and they're um, and and his. Uh, Singing too, his backup singing. Right, yeah, he's a, a good backup singer. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And he's got that, got that chorus pedal going too. He's got the chorus. <laughs> and it was the eighties. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 The chorus bass, bass, but yeah. it's cool. And and the marching. This has the marching drum with oh, the outro. Yeah. Well, that's so what this is, is about everything. That, this song is a marching song. Oh, that yes. one, yeah, that's totally. why you like it so much because it's. It's moving and it's it's encouraging you to. I love this. Almost this. This is something. If I was like going. Into battle or something, I would put this. Absolutely, that's, that's what it sounds to get me psyched up. If I was going to yell at the person, well, that's what backpipes were at for. the bank for yes, the they let the ra- rouse the troops and to terrify the enemy. Yeah, if they terrify the yell at the day. At the Starbucks barista for messing up my order, I would listen to this first. Oh, okay. <laughs> I wouldn't do that, by the way. I don't do that. Okay. <laughs> now you don't. No, I but, never yell at a Starbucks barista. Yeah, not a good idea. No. So the next one, Pora Man, I looked this up. Apparently a Pora Man is a shaman, and it comes from an H.G. Wells story. Right. Did you read yeah, about yeah, this? Yeah, yeah, I looked up that Like the guy man. was yeah. like cursed by someone. Yeah. And, and so I don't know how that gives us anything. And again, I, I hate to, to beat up on this because I love this song. I think this is a fantastic song. <laughs> it is, yeah. I, I think it's my favorite really song like on the that. record. Yeah, it is one of and, my favorites. It's really long, like and, and in general, I really don't like long songs. I like, I think... If a song's going to be over two and a half minutes, you better earn it. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree with you. That's totally. why the Ramones are great. That's why, like Hank Williams Sr. is great. I agree, like, but there's exceptions to the rule. And this is an exception. It this is. is yeah, yeah. This one builds well because it, um, it, it, this one needs all the space it has. It needs it yes. to build up dr- dramatic because it's got a really dramatic intro that builds. It starts Into out... almost a completely different song at the end. The tempo's right. different. Right. It yeah. starts out yeah. with these twinkling, the twinkling guitars yep. and the bass line and then it just builds and builds and builds at the beginning. That's like, there's like three sections to this yes. song. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's really good. So it builds and builds and then finally gets into the song where he sings Night, night Hangs on the City Like a Blanket on a Cage. A sacrifice prepared. Left and that—that right. I think is, is actually his best lyric on the record. His lyrics are really good in this. Yeah, a poetry. They're they're good. It's they're, good poetry. Night hangs on the city like in a blanket on like a cage. A blanket I'm like, on a cage. like, wow, that's good. I, I had to like Google it to see if he ripped it from somebody because it's good enough. <laughs> a sacrifice prepared. Well, actually, what it reminds me of uh, a Wicker Man. 
right? The guy up in the human oh, sacrifice okay, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. And right. everybody had seen that movie. And that make, that movie oh, sure. sort of has a yeah. You don't remember anything about it. You remember like the naked women, and you remember the end. Yeah. Right? Oh. <laughs> so, but we have this great lyrical stuff that's it's pretty good. I'm going to grab onto, and then at the end, it's give us iron, give us rope. Ooh. What yeah, well, is going to be? What in the world? How did we get there? That's going to be war, dude. <laughs> this is some sort of. This is uh, again. They're going. You're going to give us iron, give us rope. Um, uh, this guy is maybe he's a, a shaman mind control. Maybe he's using mind control. Uh, maybe at the end they're gonna. Well, he's a, he's saying we're we're uh, when when our fate is in the hands of a demon or a, or god. a god. Yeah. So is this so, guy, is he a demon or a god? Well, there's almost even you can even wonder. There's a is there a, you know Tolkien Mordor sort of because that stuff was people have, everybody you have to look. We're at the Ren Fair again. We're back at the Renaissance. Yeah, it's true. It's like a Led Zeppelin album. It's all Tolkin. Because the Tolkien thing, it affected people. And so that would would infect their um, their, uh, way that they would perceive of things historical, even though Tolkien's technically not writing history. Mm -hmm. You know, it's got this uh, uh, um, magical, the magical history. All that stuff's not true. (laughs) <laughs> well, according to my wife's stepbrother, the secret about the the, um, the secret about the Tolkien stuff is it all takes place in in the future, not in the past. Oh, I see. Like Star Wars was said a long time ago in a galaxy. Yeah, yeah, but it's better than Star Wars. I'm just going to throw that out there too. Okay. <laughs> Bold statement from Barry Stock. Yeah, I'm not retracting that. You can say whatever you want, but and uh, so you must love the ending of this. It's just got the drums when the drums just got that marching drum things when he's give us iron, give us rope, and it ends. I love Mark Brzezinski. I think he's awesome. Yeah, and it ends. So the and the record ends with just him, right? Yep. With just yep. the drums yep. doing that uh, that well, great Marshall beat. I think Steve Lillywhite liked drummers because if you listen to a lot of his records, like he did a Morrissey record that has some huge. Big drum sounds on it too. Yeah, I think okay, he okay. just gravitated towards drummers and right, kind of let them right. do their thing. Right. Um, whereas some people, it's kind of pushed aside. Like you notice, even the cymbals on this record are really loud. They're not buried in the mix. Right. They're very up Well, Steve Wa- Lily White popularized the sound. Like the Lily White production sound yeah. was as as some of these bands wouldn't be famous without Steve Lillywhite. He Probably, was, yeah. Because he was almost that, like an, a member of the band, like an extra member, member, member of the, of the band. band. Right, yeah, exactly. Like, you know what was with, you know, Talking Heads on those, on Remaining Light, mm-hmm. the more songs about building and food and fear of music, then he was with, like, U2 on those records, XTC for those records, where he makes something that sounds, uh, uh, you know, he affects it uh, to the point where he is a, an adjunct member of the band. Right. Yeah, there's certainly producers like that. And, you know, he came in on U2 records later, like the ones that Eno and Lenoir did. The songs that were the radio hits, they would often have him come in and, like, Pride in the Name of Love oh, off, really? off the Unforgettable Fire. Huh. Doesn't sound like the rest of the record. It's a little more straight ahead and rock and oh, roll. Yeah. And he's the one that did that and one. And it's got uh, that great drum sound. Oh, yeah. It's got a great drum sound. It sounds great, but, uh, you know, you remember, you know, Steve's going to come in and we're going to work on. <laughs> Yeah, this is head. nice and all, but yeah, this we... sounds really great. Thank, yeah. you know, Brian, thank you so much for thank you, and thank you for all your treatments and ambience and. Uh... <laughs> but uh, we need to get a hit. Yeah, we got. Yeah, we we, we got to move some numbers here. <laughs> right. Um, right. One thing I wanted to bring up about Big Country that I think, besides the one hit wonder thing that comes up, is. They're lumped in with U2 and The Alarm. Yes, lot. exactly. I, I yeah, forgot about sure. The Alarm. I was going to yeah, mention yeah. The Alarm, too. It's interesting because Big Country opened for U2 on some shows, and they get lumped in as being like, oh, they're the same type of thing, or yeah. like Big Country's a U2-sounding band. I don't think they sound alike at all. No, I don't think they're like, I think, But to me, it's more of the earnestness, more of the earnestness yes. and lack and of guitar irony. Bass. Because all three, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And all three, I'll tell you what, I... I Enjoy all three of those bands. I like, but the alarm and really you two to say. Although I did listen to other. I mean, I I, I did like you two more back in the day. I didn't listen to them as much after. Unforgettable Fire was probably the last U2 record that I actually bought. Mm-hmm. But I still did uh, pay attention to them. And, and I always wonder, I don't know, it seems, obviously, they're, they're, they're the, one of the biggest bands in the world. 
But there are certain people, mostly people me and Barry hang out with, yeah. who are just sort of yeah. elitist, the elitist musicians yeah. that just, it's just not... It's not cool yeah. to like, like It's not cool to like you too, yep. but I'm definitely not of that thing. I'm, I think you two, I mean, I, how many other bands can you think of that started when they were all in high school and it's still the same four guys? That's true. Same four guys. They became the biggest band in the world yeah. and, they're still, and they still remain somewhat relevant. And, uh, well, I think there's a, a and being a drummer, this is something I'm going to throw out there that I think is actually important for these bands. The bands I think that often stay together and succeed, they split up everything equally. Yeah, well, we we actually talked about that. We yeah. have about the, that. The, yes, the, yes. the songwriting because once once one member starts making a lot more money because yeah. he got the songwriting sting and the, <laughs> <laughs> bingo yeah right and the, the egos get in the way yeah well and, did, uh, did you read the about dynamic this? changes the smiths like were like they said they were 40 percent morrissey 40 percent um mar and the other two guys split up the other one there's a big yeah there's like a big lawsuit about it <laughs> but, but my point would be this <laughs> how would you feel if you were larry mullen you played on war the album starts with probably the most distinctive drum part in the history of right, rock music right, right right and you didn't get songwriting credit for that exactly that yeah. causes friction and bitterness that and it does. the band's break and up because somebody gets to buy a mansion and somebody gets Doesn't, to live in you know yeah. right like remember <laughs> fines yeah right yeah. <laughs> exactly and and so i think good on that good but if you that. look at the songwriting credits on this this is all rem was another one of those bands. absolutely and that's why i think they stuck together and there wasn't this hostility what is the song on this because i didn't it's all split up it is split up okay i thought so which it should be because like you said look at their parts the drummer is just as integral hugely important to these songs and uh, And the bass parts we're talking about how exactly and if those guys didn't get songwriting credit i think that's the type of thing that causes these these well it breaks bands apart right and, um, right. and and when I was listening after Although I wrote that Stuart about Stuart Adamson did kill himself anyway, but well, yeah. he was a yeah man. <laughs> Maybe he he, he wouldn't have made know. it that long. Too. Yeah, uh, and, and I worry about that because I think I, it was so sad when I heard about it. It because, really was sad because was if tragic. you look at it, the guy's a very talented guitar player. He can sing well. Yeah, he's a handsome, good-looking guy. Right, right. It's not right. like you know, you know, like all the lyrics in magazines. Well, well, yeah, <laughs> I think you told me right. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Yeah. He had um, demons, though. Obviously. But you said no. you told me that he had designs on moving to Nashville and being. He did a- move to Nashville, and he wanted, he was in like this alternative country band. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like you listen to the Buffalo Skinners; it's more of a straight-ahead rock record. It is, yeah. It's yeah. like he almost tried to get away from this sound that they made, and right. what made them interesting. Yeah, and, it, and it's I, like that. I, it was, you hit the nail on the head. I think when you said that he probably never got past the fact. That they had this big, that they were still considered a one at wonder, even though they're really not. They really, no. they're, they're not a one at wonder. But for to the average layman, they're going to say, "Oh yeah, they have that one big country." There's a lot of one hit wonders that we saw on MTV in the '80s that were bands that had multiple hits in Europe and England. Right, but yeah, they're right. one hit wonders over here. Right, right. we would right. not know that. Oh, they yeah. were. Oh yeah, they had a bunch of hits over there. And, yeah, uh, and, and I think they in big country falls under that, and that, that's why it's. It bothers me when, when certain bands with all of us is one hit wonders. I almost get my back up a little bit. I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. You know, this album was amazing. You know, you should have heard Steel Town. <laughs> this, you know, it's way better than this right, other so record. Steel Town's the one we should all listen to. We should all check out Steel yes. Town. Yes. But the it. band hates it. They hate that album. <laughs> oh, no. You know how that happens? No, you can't wait there. You can't wait. So my uh, but, but we talk about that, how the bands will talk about this is their favorite well, album, you, and they're usually wrong. Right? That's never, true. That's yeah, never, list, never trust a musician. Never trust a band. <laughs> never, never trust a musician, period. Ask, ask them, never ask them how they thought the show went, because yeah. your experience of it is That's totally true. different than theirs. That's never true. ask them what their favorite record is, because I remember we saw the Screaming Trees after um, they had that hit... Uh, um, the the record that Don Fleming produced there was a grunge you know after Nirvana came out and the Streaming Trees had this album that um, they had a hit on a radio hit and Susan and I actually liked the previous uh, record Uncle Anesthesia a lot and remember we asked him you know the guitar player hey, you know we really like that one he goes oh that's a terrible record we hated that you know you're like <laughs> thanks, thanks for, pal for ruining my my opinion thanks, right yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the other thing I was going to throw in that you always never is- meet them. Never meet him. I wanted to discuss that really briefly. This is somewhat different when you're a drummer. I've yeah. met many of my the favorite drummers. Well, because, because drummers, you're not meeting them. Uh, you're not meeting the front musician. Man. You're just meeting a drummer. Exactly. <laughs> you're just meeting basically a, yeah. a caveman who is able to move the, these, exactly. these cylinders around and, and yeah. hit them. 
But I think because they're not the front men, they're not the guys out front who get all the attention and, right, right. and have people clamoring. They're always on the back, right. Yeah, and also because there's a lot of shop talk involved with drummers. But I've met many of my well, favorite drummer drummers. drummer has the most shitty job in a band to yeah. set up all that crap and drag it around and then break it down. Yeah, and, and then you have to stare at the singer's ass the whole show. Yeah, right. But I can tell you I've met many of my favorite drummers because I would always go and talk to them after the show. I had no problem with that. And also, a lot of the bands I liked were bands small enough I could go see. Right. In a small venue. You right. Know? So, like, you know, if I, Bill Stevenson, the Descendants, one of my favorite drummers, uh, I could just walk up and go nice. see him after a show. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. Um, Marky from the Bad Brains, like, oh or, or well, when he was monster. Born. But um, it's like I could go up and talk to him afterwards. But most of those guys are great. Right. I just yeah. don't talk to the singers. Uh, yeah, right. Well, that's, that's good to tell. But never talk to the singers. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, we did it. We did uh, big country. So big you gotta do. I have no idea. We haven't talked about this. What's your big reveal? Oh, that's right. All right. The record next week. This one. Uh, we're going hardcore. We're going oh. hardcore. We're going to a pretty, uh, pretty vicious album by a by a band. One of my favorite talking to my punk friend, bands. Yeah. We're doing uh, plastic surgery disaster is by, by the dead. dead. We're going to have a, a ton of irony and a lot of irony. Uh, it's a really great record, though, and uh, I think you're going to, if, you, if you've never done Deep in it, I think you're going to have it's, a lot to grip on. Jeff Kennedy's are, um, they were smarter and better musicians than the vast majority exactly, of them. Exactly, and this, and to me, this is their best record. This is the pinnacle, so yeah. next week, uh, Dead Kennedy's Plastic Surgery Disasters. Uh, we want to thank so much Woody Compton for yeah. no, Thank you for having me. I'm yeah. It was a blast. It was. And uh, that's Barry Stock. That's Rob Elba. That this record got me high. We'll see episode you guys. 10. Yes, we'll see you guys next week. Next week.